Welcome to Wallachia. Previously, a villager named Eugen attacked local lord Negruskuradu, stabbing him during a speech he gave in front of the whole town. Marley had recently observed him behaving oddly and asked Yon and Kwasi to help her take a book from Father Abraham's private library in the church that she thought might allow her to help him. This was before the stabbing. Also present at the speech was a woman in a white cloak who had been keeping an eye on Marley and is acquainted with Count Dracula. Chapter 7. An Imbalance of Humors Wednesday, 14 June. It's ready. Got lucky that last night was the new moon or it would have spoiled before gaining potency. I'm going to see if Eon can find a way to sneak it to him. Not that it matters. They'll have a trial soon. After that, Eugen's little friend won't be able to bother him anymore. I couldn't get a hold of Winter Cherry, nor any of the Asian mushrooms, but I think it should still have some effect. Otherwise followed recipe as directed. Kept grape seed extract same, one dram, but doubled licorice root as I didn't have either of the other options available. Marley closed her diary, stowed it under her bed next to Father Abraham's book, and set about her morning routine. She was able to do seven knee bends before giving up. Downstairs, Dora was fixing her lunch for school and Laura Lyme was cleaning the counter. A Wallachian superstition held that it was unlucky to bake bread on Wednesdays, so today they'd spend their time cleaning and doing laundry. The store was still open, with a few fried doughs, the usual soup selection, and such. The bell above the door rung, and Marley looked up to see Eon come in. An appearance by Eon in our little village, and here I thought you lived on the mountain full time, said Marley. And good morning to you too, said Eon. He turned and said, Che face, Lorelein. Lorelein said, Bean, affected a dainty curtsy, then went back to her chores. Good morning, Eon, said Dora, not wanting to miss out on any attention. And hello to you, Theodora. Dora got halfway through replicating Lorelein's curtsy before Marley poked her with her cane and said, Time for school. Off you go. Bye, Eon, said Dora before hopping to the door. Marley moved to stand behind the counter and said, Can I help you? Actually, said Eon, I'm here on official business. You know how we have a few, um, guests staying below the castle now? Prisoners, you mean. Eon was stopped for a moment by the bluntness of the term. Yes, them. Well, Gina's been serving them soup and leftovers from the castle's meals. Yesterday, Nicolay came down when Stefan was packing their supper up to carry over to the dungeon, and he got real angry that we were serving them fresh food. Now he's insisting they only get old bread. I'm sure Gina loved that. You know she doesn't like being told what to serve. Well, they yelled at each other for a while over it. She's probably the only person who's able to get away with that with Nicolay, and eventually he agreed they can have soup too. But it's that and old bread. So, got any old bread? Loreline picked up a long loaf and started waving it around. You've come to the right place, she said, pointing to the leftovers she'd have been about to throw away. If you have screw money, I'm sure I can part with a few of these. Actually, said Marley, can I deliver them later this afternoon? I can take them now. Great, this afternoon it is. I'll walk you out. If you insist, see you, Loreline. Marley pulled her cane off the hook and went outside with Eon. She sat in one of the chairs in front of the store and said, Father Abraham's book, the one I helped you take from the church. Borrow. I remember. It was like four days ago. That one, yes. Well, it had exactly what I was looking for, and the ingredients weren't too hard to track down. So I have the medicine for Eugen ready. If I come up later with the bread, can you take me over to serve it? Then maybe I can figure out how to get it to him. Eon said, We can try, but the Order of the Dragon is guarding the cells. Okay, well, at least this gets me closer. Eon left, and Marley spent the rest of the day working in the bakery. When Dora got home from school, they went over her math together until it was time to ride up the mountain. I'm taking the bread order up to the castle now, Marley called to her father. Take your sister, he said. Either sister. I'm fine, Tata. I can deliver one sack of bread by myself. Tata came into the room and said, Loreline, go help her get the carriage. I know how to ride, said Marley. And who's going to help you get off the saddle with that leg? Loreline, help her get the carriage. 
Marley gave it up and kissed her father before leaving. I love you, she said. The carriage house was just off the town square. As they walked over, Marley said, Really, a Colette's just deliver one bag of bread? He missed you, Marley. When you were gone, you know he worries about you. I'm sure you took great care of him. Sure I did. Dora, too. She was like a little mama. There's Dan, said Marley. The stable boy was Dora's age. Marley waved to him. He smiled, hopped off his stool, and went to get the carriage ready. See, I didn't need you anyway. Loreline wished her goodbye in Latin. Vale, big sister, and headed back to the bakery. The family horse was a sweet brown colt they got in a few years ago. Marley had been reading a lot of mythology in ancient Greek and had named it Pyrois after one of the immortal horses that draws the sun across the sky. Dan brought him around, and before long, Marley was on her way. Gina, the castle chef, was outside the servant's entrance with one of her assistants, Marina. Marina was the only other young woman in the village with blonde hair. Aside from their similar first names and hair color, they didn't resemble each other much. Marley had blue eyes and was short and petite. Marina was broad with more severe features, but once, years ago, a new school teacher had spent most of a term reversing their names, and they'd shared a little joke about it ever since. Marley climbed out of the carriage with the bag of bread, nodded to her, and said, Marina? Marina returned the gesture with, Morella? Marley said, Is Eon around? Gina put her head through the doorway and yelled, Oi, Eon! Little blonde girl to see you. Then, to Marley, Oh, you're here with the bread, aren't you? Marina can take it over. Eon emerged from inside. Marley handed the bread to Eon and said, I can do it. Eon will walk me over to the dungeon. Come down then. I have some soup, said Gina. Marley followed the cooks and Eon inside. While Gina was getting the soup, she sat down at the table and asked, How's everything here? Donald Negerscrew's in bad shape, but they're saying if he... If the wound doesn't get a corruption or blood poisoning, he'll probably pull through. Nikolay has been giving orders. Not that there's much to do, but he wants every little detail brought to him so he can decide on it. I'm sure he's loving that. Well, the Kamakam's coming up from Pateshti. Domno Negeskru's boss was the governor of the Argus district. His official title was Kamakam. He didn't visit often, preferring his lieutenants to visit him in the capital, Pateshti, when necessary, or convening in Bucharest when the rest of the council was there. I guess if, well, if he doesn't recover quickly, they might appoint someone new, or he might stay here. No one really knows, but Nikolay intends for it to be him that's chosen. Gina returned with a heavy tureen of soup. Marley looked at it, turned to Eon, stood, and helpfully took the bread back from him. Gina handed the tureen to Eon, who immediately winced at its weight. Aw, need a cart, said Gina. Marina has been carrying it by herself all week, but I'm sure we can find a horse to pull it if you can't handle a couple oaks of soup. Eon said, it's not that heavy. I just wasn't ready for it. I'm sure, said Gina. Then, turning to Marley, she said, for the bread, and handed her two pair of coins. The castle's dungeons were under part of the south wing, but were only accessible from an external door on its far side. Eon led Marley out of the common room, through the passage to the south wing, and then back outside by the door in the south tower. I can hardly remember having anyone locked up down here, said Eon. Friedrich said they had to clear out a nest of birds before they brought anyone in. Do you think the guards will let me in to see him? To see Eugen? I don't know. I haven't been down there, but I've heard they've put him in the last cell. It's, it's not a nice place to be, Marley, from what they say. I think it's just one guard, though. You can try to flash those sapphire eyes at him, see if that does anything. Ugh. Why couldn't he have just sat tight and not stabbed anyone for a few days so we could steal Father Abraham's book and I could make his medicine? I'm sure you mean borrow, said Eon. They came around the corner of the building and found an order of the dragon guard sitting on a rock next to the stairs, looking down the mountain to the village below. Hello, Herr Eon. He stood up and brushed off his trousers. Your village is beautiful this time of the afternoon, when the sun starts to get lower. He added, Don't tell Evgeny I was sitting down, okay? Soup and bread for our guests, said Eon. The guard hadn't greeted Marley yet. He bowed to her and said, Sasha, at your service. Eon said, This is Marley. Her family operates the bakery in the village. 
Ah, da, I had one of your pretzels last week, he turned at Yon and said. You can leave the food here. I have bowls downstairs to serve them. Marley cleared her throat. Oh, I can help. If you show me down, I was... Well, I wanted to talk to one of them for a minute. Nothing serious, but it's not a problem. Go ahead. Marley gave Yon a, well, that was easy, look, and they descended the stairs to the cells below. It was cool outside and cooler still in the dungeons. A pair of torches were lit in the entranceway. At the bottom of the stairs was an alcove with a chair, a desk, a few stools, and a set of shelves. Eon put down the container of soup. Sasha took out a set of four trays, wiped them off haphazardly with a rag, and put them on the desk. He handed Eon a stack of three bowls, and they poured soup into them and put a piece of bread on each tray. Marley said, one's missing a bowl. Sasha replied, the Shigana gets soup. The last one, only bread. Past the guard's area was a long hallway with a cold stone wall. Torches were set into it, each lining up with the center of the cell. From the desk, Marley counted six torches. Sasha and Eon took the trays and carried them to the first cell. Marley followed behind them, her cane making a dull thunk on the hard floor as she went. Each chamber was just over a stanchion across and a little more in depth, wide enough for a cot to fit in either direction, with just a little room to spare. On the far wall was a small, barred, painless window. Supper time, back against the wall, said Sasha. Inside, Marley saw a thin, middle-aged Romani man. He had been sitting on his cot as they approached. Slowly, he got up, walked to the wall with the window, and stood there. Sasha opened the door, placed the tray inside, and then locked the cell again. He repeated the process for the next one. In the third, the man inside said, Please, have you heard anything from my wife? Did you send her the message? Sasha said, I don't know anything about a message. Ask one of the other guards when they take their shift. As Sasha entered the cell with a tray, the man turned and took a step forward and said, I just want to know they're okay. My family. Sasha drew a baton from his belt and advanced on the man. Stay back, he said, raising the stick. The man's eyes widened, and he shrunk back to the wall. The next two cells were empty. The last was different than the others. Their doors had been opened set to bars, which led in light from the hall's torches. The last cell had a solid wooden door with just a small opening covered with a set of bars. Standing at her full height, Marley could just see inside. It had a small window, like the others, which was the only meaningful source of light in the cell. From inside, Marley heard the clanking of metal chains. Against the wall, said Sasha. He looked through the portal, and Marley heard the chains again. After a moment, Sasha opened the door. The torchlight from the hallway came part of the way into the cell. At the back, standing with his head silhouetted by the sun in the window behind him, was Eugene. Once Sasha had opened the door all the way, Marley could see a ring on the floor, through which a long chain was strung. Each end of it was attached to a manacle around Eugen's feet. The only things in the room were a cot against one wall and a bucket. Why do... Why leave him chained when he's in there with the door closed? asked Marley. Orders her Negusker Nikolai, said Sasha. He stepped into the cell and placed the tray on the floor, as he had for the other prisoners. Eugen didn't react in any way. His gaze remained fixed on something in the corner of the room. Sasha, Marley put her hand in his arm. Can I have a moment with him? Just while he eats? Sasha looked into the cell at Eugen. I don't even need to go in. Maybe Eon can bring me one of those stools and I can just talk to him for a minute? He doesn't talk, said Sasha. He just stares. I'm not sure he even sees us when we go in. That's fine. Just for a few minutes? Sasha shrugged, then said, Don't go inside. I'll wait down the hall. He started back toward his desk. Marley turned at Yon and said quietly, Bring me a stool. I'll just chat with him for a bit and slip him the potion. Once he had gone, Marley poked her head just inside the doorway and said, Nay, you, Jim? It's Marley. I'm sorry about... Well, I brought you something. I had hoped I could get it to you before things got worse, but can we talk about it? Eugen didn't respond. He continued staring to the corner of his cell. Just try to close your eyes. I know it'll still be there, but maybe you can listen to me? She waited, watching him. 
After a short time, he closed his eyes. That's better. Oh, here's Eon with the stool. Mind if I sit while you eat? She took the stool from Eon, rested her cane against the wall, and set the stool up just outside the cell door. It's there in the cell, I know. The creature. I have something for you that should make it go away, she said quietly. From her apron, she produced a small jar. She looked back toward Sasha's desk. She looked back toward Sasha's desk. Eon was blocking his view, so she slid it onto the tray next to the bread. Take a few sips of this now, again before you sleep, then every few hours tomorrow until it's gone. You'll need to stash it somewhere. When it's done, just toss it out the window. Ideally, I'd have you take it over a period of a few weeks, and I couldn't get all the right ingredients, and I'd really like more time with a few books, but I think this will help. Eugen opened his eyes and looked at her. Marley smiled and said, That's better. I'd like to ask you some questions, if I may, when you're ready. Now come on over and have some bread. He took a few cautious steps toward Marley, then sat on the floor and picked up the bread. He tore a small scrap from it. Tell me about the tea, Nea Eugen. How do you, he said. How do I know about all this? That's a story for another time. Tell me about the tea. He spoke, slowly at first, like he was testing each batch of words to make sure he knew how to say them. I... I used to get these headaches. Tell me about them. In the afternoons or evening, I'd look up at the sun or a lantern and... His speech was closer to normal now. You know how when you look at something bright, then close your eyes, the light sort of stays there for a minute? Well, for me, sometimes the light would just get stuck there. I'd close my eyes, then open them again, and the spot of light would still be there, just in one eye. The other eye'd be fine, but in the one, I wouldn't be able to see anything, just this splotch of light. Then the headache would start, and I'd have to lie down. Well, sometimes I felt like strong coffee helped it get better when it happened, but coffee makes you shaky sometimes. And then I wouldn't be able to sleep all night. So you switched to tea, and that worked too? He nodded. And then you tried green tea, and you liked that, and not so long after, you started to see it. Eugen's eyes darted to the side, to the part of the room he'd been staring at before. Tell me about when you first started to see it. Go ahead. It won't be able to bother you much longer. I thought it was one of them headaches at first. Only it wasn't a splotch of light, it was a shadow that wouldn't go away. Then I noticed its eyes, these two red spots with a shadow all around them. And it got more solid over time, two red eyes and a shadow around them. Would you see it all the time? Yes. Well, no. For a time, yes, it'd be there. Then it would go away for weeks at a time, but then be back. I'd just look around and it'd be there. And slowly it got clear enough that I could see it was a monkey. A little black monkey with glowing red eyes. And did it talk? Not at first. Not for months and months. But it would stare. It would just stare at me. Always staring with those eyes. And I would close my eyes and not see it, but I'd know it was there. And whenever I looked, it'd be there, staring again. And then once it got more solid, I saw it had this face and this grin, and it would just be staring at me, grinning. He picked up the loaf of bread, but his hands were shaking. He put it down. Marley wanted to reach out and take his hands, but she knew Sasha was watching. When you're ready, please try the medicine. Do you know what it's like, having something just stare at you all the time? Everywhere you go, it's just staring or grinning or or laughing at you. Do you know what it's like, having something you can't avoid? You know it's there, but there's nothing you can do about it? Tell me about what it would say. It would. It would tell you to do bad things, or make fun of you, or tell you things that were going to happen, wouldn't it? How do you... There are things, Nea Eugen, in this world. Evil things. Ghosts and Strigoi and demons that used to be angels but fell from heaven. Things that can take over a person living or dead. Awful things. But most of us never see them. Some people, I'm sure, go their entire lives without ever running across one. But some people do see them, Nea Eugen. 
She took a breath, then said, You're being haunted by a spectral illusion. Our bodies are. I'm trying to think of a way to explain. We have in us a number of fluids, called humors. The heart produces blood, of course, which is needed for life. Our brain has its own fluid, and it's essential that these humors be kept in the proper balance. Green tea can, in rare cases, upset the balance of the fluids in our systems. Specifically, it affects the humors that are connected with the spiritual world. Scores of people could drink five cups of green tea a day and never notice, but for the very special person, its qualities can disturb the delicate equilibrium of the physical and the illusory and allow things to cross the barrier. In your case, I strongly suspect a malignant creature just happened to be nearby when your brain chanced upon an increased receptivity toward it. Chanced an increased what? I'm sorry, you need to have studied all of this. Marley stood and paced around the hall for a moment. This is why I got into all of this. After Mama, I just wanted to be able to help people, she said, too quietly for Eugen to be able to hear. She turned back to him and continued. It's bad luck, really. The creature you've been seeing realized you could perceive it, and it latched onto you. Once they discover they can affect the mortal world, well, that's their greatest wish. They follow a person around until he goes mad, or they can convince him to work some evil for them, or he, or he takes his own life. And will this cure me? Make it go away? He picked up the small jar. It should, yes. Well, it won't make it go away, but you won't be able to see it, and if it can't affect the corporeal world, it'll lose interest and go back to whatever else it would be doing. As I said, I'd like more time to research and identify just what you have there. Eugen looked at the spot where the spectral illusion was sitting. And I couldn't get all the precise ingredients, but yes, this will help restore your system to its proper equilibrium, which will mean you won't be able to perceive it anymore. Well, bottoms up then, said Eugen. He took the jar and started to drink from it, then drew it away and smacked his tongue against the roof of his mouth. That'd be the licorice root. As a baker's daughter, it's not the sort of flavor I'd usually be serving, but it should help reduce the improper inflammations in your system. Just a few sips now, then before bed, then tomorrow, okay? And I'm sorry about all this. I'd have liked to get to you sooner, before... Before Radu, da. That's it, though. What is? Wasn't only bad things that it told me about. Well, they were bad, but the reason it made me... The reason I... Attacked Radu, yes. Eugen nodded. He looked down at his hand, the hand that had held the knife, then said, just above a whisper, There are awful things coming if that man lives. Sasha was coming back down the hall. He gave Marley a nod that said her time was up. Eugen took another sip of the potion, then set the jar down behind the slot bucket. Told me something about you, too, last week. About me? That woman in white. Are you going with her? I'm not sure I had expected. Okay, Fraulein. Let's leave the prisoner to finish his meal, said Sasha. Turns out the same whether you go or not, said Eugen. She gets you in the end. Sasha took Marley's arm and helped her up. She stared at Eugen as she was pulled away. Outside, she and Eon walked back toward the South Tower. How did it go? I gave him the potion. After seeing him in that dark cell, she was angry and shaken by what he'd said about Margareta. Can we take the outside route around the front of the castle? I need the fresh air. They walked a little farther, then she pounded her can against the ground. Che Puskamia, Eon. The very same day. We got the recipe Sunday. I needed three days to mix it and let it sit. And he has to go and stab Radu the very same day we took the book? I'd have cleared that bow from his brain and that would be that. Kakat. Easy there, Shorty. Don't Shorty me. I could have cured him. What's the point of all of this? Of my whole absurd year if I can't cure a simple spectral illusion before it convinces someone to stab someone? It's not your fault that he... They're going to execute him, Eon. Do you think there's any chance that they won't? It's not his fault some monster decided to bully him. Pulamea. She stomped ahead of him toward Pyroyce, but her cane caught in a divot in the ground and her knee buckled under her. She fell and Yon ran over to her. 
I can't even storm off properly, she said. But then, looking up at Eon as he stretched his hand out to help her up, she started to laugh. You're like a tiny ball of fury, you. She plucked a bit of grass and threw it at him, then put away the bag the bread had been in and let him help her onto the carriage's perch. Marley rode down the mountains back to town. She left Pyroyce with Dan and was walking back toward the bakery when, in the street before her, stood Margareta. She wore her white cloak with the hood up. Her face was in shadow. Behind her was a carriage with two horses. It's time, Marley. I could scream, she said. I think you know it wouldn't matter. You don't know what I'm risking trying to take you. You have a fan in this village who'd prefer you to stay here, but the headmaster wants you back for the punishment, and I intend to bring you. The punishment? That means kill me, right? You knew the rules. Seven years, Marley. Nobody leaves. The bakery side door was only a few dozen paces away. She might have run for it, even with her bad leg. Hit Margareta with a cane, maybe, and go. Can I go in and say goodbye? It wouldn't change anything. You've known this has been coming for weeks. You've had all that time to do or say whatever you needed to. She was right. Margareta opened the door to her carriage, and Marley climbed inside. Thank you for listening. This chapter was originally published in November of 19. Last chapter with Count Dracula's speech I borrowed from Bram Stoker. This time it's Sheridan Le Fanu. In addition to the classic vampire story Carmilla, he wrote a spooky little short story called Green Tea that I've drawn upon for Eugen's story. The fun challenge was coming up with fake 19th century medicine to bolster that story. Le Fanu's Dr. Heselius talks about green tea disturbing the equilibrium of one's spiritual fluids. In real life, green tea is pretty good for you. Among his health benefits is that it's supposed to help your body's immune response. So I look for foods that um, also help with your immune response in different ways that I thought Marley might need to mix into the potion. A number of them are foods that Marley wouldn't have access to, like echinacea or shiitake mushrooms, which are native in North America and East Asia, respectively. But grapeseed extract and licorice are on the list, and I can imagine that she could find those. Presumably the potion also calls for eye of newt or some such also. For the poll this time, readers were asked to vote on whether Abraham had noticed anything was out of order after Marlene Eon took the book from his office. If you'd like to participate in reader polls, you can download the Wallachia app for free from the App Store. If you're enjoying the story, there are also buttons at the end of each chapter in the app where you can leave a tip. You can follow Wallachia on Twitter at WallachiaNet or on the web at Wallachia.net. Next chapter in two weeks, word of Marley's disappearance reaches the castle.